0: This is Donald Parham of the L.A. Chargers, and you're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the L.A. Football Network. Hey, Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Kaffner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the L.A. Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in to the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, Dan Wolkenstein. I hope that you canceled your plans yesterday morning. I hope everybody, you know, if you were getting back from church, if you had breakfast after that, if you canceled it, if you if you made sure that your butt was on the couch for the Chargers and Patriots game, whew, you missed a lot if you didn't catch this game. <laughs> Trust me on the, that. You missed a lot of punts. You missed a <laughs> quality barn burner of offensive performances. Unbelievably, the scoreboard was lit up. The offenses were thriving. We didn't know how this one was going to end. It was a nail and biter all the way to the, all the way to triple zeros. And you also were watching the wrong game because that was That's not the right. one. That was not the Chargers Patriots <laughs> game. That is for certain, for certain. But nonetheless, the Chargers improve to five and seven on the season with a amazing victory over the. <laughs> <laughs> the New England Patriots by a score of six to nothing. It's the first time that the Chargers have actually won a game without scoring an offensive uh, an offensive touchdown in nearly thirty years. It's the first time that they have shut out an any opponent in a long time. Twenty seventeen, I believe. And while you know you still have a good defensive performance, albeit against a Billy Zappi led offense. <laughs> in general, the New England offense is not much of anything these days. You still felt like after this game was over, (laughs) you still had a lot more questions for the remainder of the season as it relates to this team. Yeah, that was a game in the NFL schedule that folks watched. (laughs) That's fast. (laughs) That was was a game. That was a game. Classified actual NFL game that was played but hey but hey counted jake i think this is going to be an episode we haven't done this in a while just because of how things have gone this season but there might be a little back and forth on this one which i'm excited about because this is the game that brings this is back... the one that's gonna bring this is the game to... that brings back positive dan walkenstein are you kidding me no okay so um chargers win six nothing Shout out to the punter, by the way. J.K. Scott balled out, arguably his best punting performance of his life, which we'll talk about. Uh, shout out to the defense, did what they were supposed to do and more, in my opinion. A lot of elements at play, but before we get into all like the specifics and all of that, I think it's important to say clearly: this team was desperate for a win. If there was any chance, any hope for anything as the season continues, mission accomplished. They beat the New England Patriots and lots of questions around, can they beat the Patriots? You saw what happened last time the Chargers played the Patriots, they got the brakes off of them, like 45, nothing. Uh, can the defense stop Bill Belichick and the offense, you know, all of that stuff. The Chargers did what they had to do. It was a wet, disgusting game. Elements were a factor. Neither offense looked good. Weirdly, both offenses kind of look the same, which is a detriment to what the Chargers are kind of going through right now on offense. But mission accomplished. Five and seven. You look at the AFC playoff picture right now, and I'm not saying the Chargers are in the playoff position right now. I'm just saying, looking at the playoff picture right now in the AFC, a whole lot of teams ahead of the Chargers. Outlook does not look bright for them. Steelers, injured quarterback. Colts, injured quarterback. You, got, you saw what happened in Houston to the beloved Tank Dell uh, out for the season. God, that sucked. Obviously, you've got what's going on with Cincinnati. No quarterback there. You're playing the Broncos twice. Who's ahead of you? The Bills, who knows what they are. You saw the Chiefs just lose to the Packers. Shout out to Brandon Staley for getting those Packers right. You never know. You never know. So, Chargers are one and zero in this six-game stretch. Jake sounds very excited about it. So, we'll get into all of that, Jake. But before we get to that, let's talk about our partners over at Mint Mobile. We'll be back in forty seconds to talk all things Chargers, Patriots on a victory Monday here on Chargers Unleashed. (laughs) if you've ever thought why in the world is my wireless bill so damn high then let me tell you about our friends over at Mint Mobile who we're partnering with for today's video Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for as low as $15 a month and you don't have to sacrifice any coverage speed or data they're built on the nation's largest 5G network so they keep costs low by selling directly to you online they cut out the retail stores and the salespeople. all Mint Mobile plans include unlimited nationwide talk and text plus lightning fast 5G and free mobile hotspot so why should you have to pay for more than you have to to access the same network. It only takes fifteen minutes to switch, and you'll be paying as low as fifteen dollars a month for your phone plan. It really is that simple. So use the link in the description below. Try mintmobile.com dot backslash Chargers Unleashed to get started. Click the link in the description below or scan the QR code. Jake, I feel like a lot of Chargers fans probably feel that they've been duped going into the season. Chargers offense was supposed to be like this top five offense juggernaut. You saw what happened Week One, and then. Look where we are. Don't be duped, guys. Through January 1st, you'll receive an additional 3 months free if you purchase a 3-month plan using our link, trymintmobile.com backslash chargers unleashed. Big Wireless wants you to think that they're the only option. Don't be duped. Again, go to our partner, trymintmobile.com backslash chargers unleashed. Get premium wireless for as low as $15 a month. Buy 3 months, get 3 months free. Offer ends January 1st. 2024. Jake, was that game more evidence that Chargers fans and this offense Chargers fans has been duped by this offense? It's hard to argue, Dan. It really is. You haven't seen a good offensive performance out of this unit really in three weeks. Since even, since that was a, even that was half a game. Since the Detroit game. And the weird part about it is, is that in the last three weeks, Justin Herbert has, has played well. Unfortunately, he has been sabotaged by uncharacteristic drops. In the last three weeks, the Chargers have had 14 drops. That's more than any team in the NFL, along with three turnovers from some of their, their skill positions. That's, again, most in the NFL in that time span. Keenan Allen having two characters drops that would have been touchdowns for the Green Bay game. Obviously, Austin Eckler fumbling next to the goal line. You have what happened in Baltimore. This game, obviously, the weather. <laughs> I mean, whatever you want to say about it. Justin Herbert has played well. Stat box will not show that, but you watch the game. I felt like he has been more accurate, and this has obviously been because the finger has been better. He's been more accurate. He's been more careful with the ball. He's not turning it over. Um, He's putting it in a position where his receivers can get it outside of what has been taking place with the detriment from his skill positions. damn, the play calling has been extremely questionable in large chunks of each one of those three games. This run game is really probably the biggest thing that duped us all because week one came over 200 yards rushing you thought from the standpoint of what the goal was in improving this run game from last year, it's much worse. (laughs) It is. It has taken an absolutely huge step back from what it was supposed to be from who you have back there in the backfield. Dan, we're talking about (laughs) Austin Eckler who finished with 14 carries for 18 yards, Joshua Kelly, who had six carries for 16 yards that is one point three and two point seven yards per carry, respectfully. I, I I don't know I don't know what it is that we were sold on, but there's an argument to be made that up until this point of the season thus far, regardless of how these next five games go to end the season, the Los Angeles Chargers could arguably be the biggest disappointment of any NFL team this season. I mean you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And to kind of put a bow on that Chargers running game right now, like you kind of mentioned some of the stats, but the macro of this, again, like that game against the Patriots defense, and again, give the Patriots defense credit. Like that's a good defense. But if you're as good of an offense as we have been shown to believe, you're just going to bow down to any good defense. Like, that's not how good offenses work. Like, if you have a good offense, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. So, credit to defense, credit to Bill Belichick. Like, that defense is good, but no touchdowns allowed good. Six points, three of which came because your defense got you the ball back on the 30 and you went nowhere. Like, that's not going to cut it. And you look at this rushing game, 24 carries in total. Jake, 29 yards total. On 24 carries. I honestly don't remember the last time I've seen it that bad. Where you see one, two yard rushes on the reg. And then somehow they thought it was a good idea on third and whatever four <laughs> to run Eckler on a end around that goes like for negative like five yards. That might be one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Throw that in the trash can. I'm not talking about just Kellen Moore's tenure here. I'm talking about ever as it relates to this offense. Yeah. And then you kind of extrapolate that out, Jake. and looking at this Chargers team for the entire season. Like, it's like historically bad. This rushing game for this Chargers team. Like, I'm trying to go through these stats real quick. So if looking at rushing... Attempt So yards per attempt, we're looking at just running backs. Okay. We have seen Austin Eckler at 3.5 yards per carry. Joshua Kelly at 4.0 yards per carry, which like that, I guess, is good. (laughs) Or Ocean's a good, okay. But the yards per game, we've got 49 yards per game from Austin Eckler, 31 yards per game from Joshua Kelly and those yards per attempt highly highly skewed because of that week one performance take those away you're probably looking at two point something for those guys how this team consistently does this like it, you don't you know I I know you want to be a balanced team I understand. Like, there's more to the running game than just trying to pick up yards. You want to try to keep the defense honest. You want to keep them from being pinned your ears back the whole time. You want to give the defense a break by having more play. Like, I get all of that. But when it's this bad, like, literally, I would rather see them throw it every time, spread them out wide, and let Justin diagnose and pick it apart. Three step drops, two step drops. I don't care. Like the team would be better off in many ways doing that. I understand the argument. We want to keep them honest, but are they really honest? Dan, when Tuli two, Tulipelotu two caused that fumble, Chargers get it back and they run three, three straight times and go three and out on that drive. Yeah. I don't care what the weather is. You know how bad this run game is. And to your point, yes, you want to keep a defense honest. That's your mentality, as just from a game planning standpoint. But are you kidding me with some of that? The Chargers are, let's just say this is the big picture of things. Yes, the Chargers got a victory yesterday, but they were fortunate that they were not going up against a subpar average offense. Unfortunately, fortunately for them, the Patriots are below average if they were going up against an average offense, there's a good chance they may not have won that game because their offense literally could not put up anything. Now, I, I we're all obviously already kind of going down like the negative rabbit hole, and I'm like taking on like Jake's persona, and we're not even 10 minutes into this thing. Again, the Chargers did what they had to do. They found a way to win. And realistically, similar to the Jets game, like I think it was pretty clear seemingly that like the offense didn't really have to carry this one. And the defense was able to kind of hold their own. Now I'm sure every chargers fan was probably thinking as it got tight, closer and closer towards the end. Like if they can let them stick around, some fluke play is going to happen. They lose seven, six or 10, nine. Like that would be so apropos. It didn't happen. Like the defense slammed the door all night all day. Defense looked very good. I think they had five sacks. Khalil Mack, good lord, dude. 15 sacks on the season, two away from tying Leslie O'Neill and Sean Merriman for the most sacks in a season in Chargers history. And they got, what, five games left? Like, that's crazy. He's, like, coming in on single-season NFL records for sacks. 99.5 for his career. Thule, another great game for Thule. Like, the Chargers hit a jackpot with him. Jake, we have a different discussion later about like roster construction for twenty twenty four and position group by position group, how they Which move forward. I cannot wait for Thule has been an absolute blessing to roster construction of the edge group moving forward. And really makes you think how they can do that moving forward with another draft pick, possibly. But Thule looked good. Eric Kendricks looked pretty darn good yesterday. Corners for the most part looked good, although some of them, some of that was because Bailey Zappi missed some throws. Obviously, the weather was a factor. The defense looked pretty darn good. And you can dismiss it and say it's a terrible offense. I get it. But zero points is zero points. And that zero points is still 13 less than that team averages per game. And you've only seen four shutouts in the NFL this year, all year, by any team. So, Missed me with, uh, well, what do you expect? Is Bailey Zappi? Like, come on, like that can be true while also the team outperformed expectations. Dan, I'll make an argument to say that I was more impressed with how the defense performed, even in the losing effort against Baltimore, than I was yesterday. Sure, I mean, because again, I'm, all things sure. considered, the Chargers. Sure. You said the Chargers did what they should have done to an offense that is devoid of that many good weapons at the skill positions with and then them one making another change hurt. at quarterback. Yes. The best one that they had essentially early part of that game, Ramondre Stevenson went out early with a leg injury. So again, I'm still left with just a number of questions, Dan, because yes, this is a similar feeling after the jets game. We've seen this team do this before against the bottom feeders. Hell you put up the tweet earlier today when they updated the draft order to say, Four out of the five wins that the Chargers have are against literally teams that are picking in the top six, three. So correction, three out of the top five. One of them, the Bears, was there twice because they're picking twice. Right. And the other two are what? The Raiders and the Vikings. Right. But do you get my point? (laughs) Yes. It's (laughs) like, does does this do anything to move the needle? Not at all. Not at all. If anything, I'm more concerned about the fact that for three weeks, we talk about trends a lot as it relates to what we see from this team. This offense still is struggling to get going. The defense, while it did what it was supposed to do, you wait to see what they're going to do against a better opponent. Now you're heading into the thickness of your divisional games. Denver, who you have are going to be playing for the first time, and they are definitely in playoff contention. They had their five-game winning streak broke by the Houston Texans yesterday, but they have become a better team. Mm-hmm. So team, what are you going to do? Is, team team is, is a phrase. Word. Yes. yes. That's a, yeah. So uh, I, I I don't know, Dan. I, I, I wish I could stand here <laughs> and talk about things that you can build on from past performances or things that you can go back to the film room to say, hey, we can do this, we can do this, let's get back to doing this and there is literally maybe this much. Well, so so I'm going to push back a little bit. There are things to build on from this game that you can be excited about, but there are also consistencies or lack of consistencies that kind of temper your excitement. Like, what the defense did yesterday, building on that from what you saw in Baltimore, like defense is doing pretty good right now. All things considered, go look at the stats, year, the rankings of them, where it started this year and versus where it is now. I think they're now twentieth in in points per game allowed. Like you'll take that right now. The problem is, is the complimentary football thing, where we've seen this now for a better part of the entire season, really where one side of the ball, sometimes none, but one side of the ball will do well. The other side of the ball does terrible. And I know there are three sides. So special teams, by the way, shout out. Darius Davis, J.K. Scott, Cameron Dicker, all three of those dudes deserve game balls, in my opinion, because they're the only ones that really provided any spark other than the defense. Special teams, you can build on that all year. Defense, I would say has been getting better and better as the year has gone on. I'm not saying it's great. It's gotten better. But I think what gives people so much anxiety right now is it's like you never know which hole you have to fill on a leaking ship. And watch next week. It'll be a 38-37 game. And the Chargers fans are asking, why can we not get a stop? The one time the Chargers offense is blowing it up, the Chargers defense is leaking everything. Like, that's I think where the frustration comes. Where what is there to build off of? Like, there's stuff to build off of every week, but it's like polar opposite and it's just thrashing. But, but. Jake, I know you're pumped because the Chargers are now in the playoff position. Like They got a push. They got five games left. Look at the teams in front of them. You got the Broncos twice, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Bills. None of them really have crazy records other than the Chiefs. And that, might, that game not any, might not even matter later. But even that, Chiefs just lost to the Packers. The Chargers have shown us nothing all year to believe, to make us believe that, like, they can go on a five-game run. But, but, look at this season alone. Like, this season has been crazy across the NFL. Absolutely crazy. And I'm telling you right now, like, I'm here for it. If the Chargers win next week against the Broncos, Jake, like, it is going to be, like, World War Four between... Optimists and pessimists in Chargers fandom. I'm here for it. I'm here for it beginning starting to get exciting. I'm here for Jake to start getting pissed off about wins. I'm here for guys to start flaming early season losses and wishing, well, what do I have like I don't know, man. Like the Chargers just they're a weird team that, like you said, it. Whenever their backs are against the wall, like crazy stuff happens, and I'd argue their backs are now firmly against the wall, all and will be for the rest of the season. So that's one thing you can you can kind of I don't know somewhat expect is like that i think you've said it too like chargers typically perform better like when their backs are against the wall right is that right It's a point it's a weird thing because this has been done with almost now you could say the last three head coaches of the chargers have had whether it's Staley, whether it's lynn or there was mccoy you get to a certain point and you're like okay you know here we go, the Chargers season is going to be on the downfall, and then all of a sudden they just decide to go on this this run that sometimes results in, in playoffs, sometimes it doesn't, but they still go off on a little bit of a run to try to save their season. You just would hope that they wouldn't put themselves in that hole in the first place. And this is the type of ebb and flows that this fan base has to go through emotionally. Now, I'll say this, Dan. Those seasons passed, you could have had something to hang your head on. We got five games left in the season. <laughs> I know. Nobody knows what the hell team is going to show up. Exactly. Nobody knows what unit is going to show up. Because one will show up, in this case, it was the special teams yesterday. But one will show up, and the other two will either be mid or perform extremely poorly and the chargers just have not been able to put that together.
1: So for what me this, you stand here what, what
0: about this? What about this, Jake? What about this? So we've seen the worst of this team, right? We've seen them do many things bad different times, whatever. Like like that you know, I don't know. Like it's bound to happen at some point, right? You think you see at some point this team execute Like, maybe all the bad stuff's behind us. Like, flush all of it. Can we go back a week or two, dude? Because. I don't know, man. A six to nothing victory over the New England Patriots has now flipped. A victory. Just a victory. I don't care what the number was. Yep. Flipped your attitude. I don't know. So. And look, you know. You can you can throw shade on me for being as negative as possible and not looking at the bright side, and that's one of the best things about Dan Wolkenstein in terms of his, his mindset goes, and I get it. And for the people who can do that, I, I, I give you all the credit in the world because I can't. But you know what? You are the ones that actually help bring us somewhat out of the cellar. Because it's what it's what's needed. It's like a hero and a villain type thing. You like you need that dichotomy between it. But at the same time, Dan, six to nothing, six to nothing. I don't care if you put the W word in front of it. And the only thing that that relates to is the overall record in terms okay, of would you, what would it you, did for this team, for this fan base watching. Okay, let me ask you. You need to see a little bit more than that. L- let me ask you. What would you have rather seen? Six nothing or like 32 to 30? 30. Honestly. The the crazy part about that is, <laughs> is that whatever each whatever each one of those scenarios is, we would have been here harping on the thing that would have been given up the most. Mm-hmm. If it was 32-30, we would be talking about how the hell did the defense give up 30 points to Billy Zappi? Mm-hmm. In this circumstance, why the hell can you not move the ball? But I go with that because that's a trend that this team has felt over the last three weeks. And it's a trend that you cannot have going into these final five games of the season. If your plan is indeed to make a playoff push fair, that's totally fair. Now there, before we get out of here, Jake, I think it is important. uh, There's a couple components that I think are at play here with this team and what they've gone through. Like the Corey Lindsley stuff. We've talked about how important and how impactful that loss has been. Josh Palmer and Mike Williams, like the that trio of losses is absolutely brutal for this offense. And we've, you know, we've talked about everything else, all the struggles and guys that are out on the defensive side, but like that trio being out is massive. We don't know the status of Josh Palmer. We'll find out soon. Hopefully if he's able to, he's el- he's, as of last week, he said that he was eligible to return off IR at any point in time. So a couple questions here. I think there's a lot of talk and questions and criticism and stuff about some players and things about this game yesterday. I want to get your your take. Chargers had six drops yesterday. Element included. We all know what's going on. It was wet. A lot of guys dropped it. Quinton Johnston was having a pretty good game for his standards. He had I think it was like 50 something yards, five catches, like it looked started looking pretty good and then he had a really bad drop. And unfortunately for him, the reality is those catches aren't what people remember. It's that drop. In the macro of it, the drops have been a trend and people are seeing it. And that's why it's kind of been heightened. But in this game in particular, there were a whole lot of drops and it's been an issue. I think this team has more drops in three weeks than any other team by a mile. How much stock do you put in this specific game, the drop from Quentin Johnston? I know the the larger drop issue, but do you put that much on him for that one? Yes, I do. And and I'll tell you why, Dan. We're not talking about a contested catch here. And you go back and you look at this one, and obviously the more notable one from a few weeks ago, these are not contested catches that we're talking about here. These are balls that Justin Herbert is putting right on the money. And I think when you want to think in like the macro sense of this, Dan, there was a graphic that DraftKings put up earlier today. From the point and when Quentin Johnston was taken, I believe that going all the way down to round five, there are eight receivers that were taken after him. Every single one of those receivers has outperformed Quentin Johnston up until this point. Mm -hmm. and that's part of it and that's the association with it unfortunately and it's because that these were also questions that Quentin Johnston had when he was coming out of college in TCU now I I said this back you go back a couple weeks when we were talking about the drops again that was a that was a reason why during preseason those clips that you saw of Quentin Johnston catching the ball in that acrobatic form that he was doing was actually bigger news than what we most would have thought than just to say it was a camp highlight because that's not something traditionally that you would see him do in TCU often. So then you thought, okay, he's going to, he's working on that. He's getting it out of his system. And now you're hoping that to translate something that would work from practice, something that you've been working on all summer, to now in-game critical moments when you absolutely need them, and they haven't been there. That's why it's unfortunately magnified. I get it from Quentin Johnson's perspective as a rookie. You hope that he's going to get better, and he's going to progress out of this, and he has earned a little bit of leeway. He's still learning as a rookie. But coaching staff isn't helping him much. Mike this, Williams this, this game a little bit. Yep. Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer did not go down just yesterday. You've been without Mike Williams since week three, and you're still having these issues. And he is still not as featured in this offense as maybe we would have expected him to be. So there's a whole variant of components, I think, as to why Quentin Johnson is struggling. But to just talk about it with the drops, that's the bigger picture of why everything is being magnified here you saw the charge defense go again. The same Bassey was starting the slot. You saw Dean Leonard starting outside alongside Asante Samuel Jr. Derwin James had a really good game yesterday, by the way. Uh, you saw the defensive adjustments that they made personnel wise stay. Michael Davis still not starting. Does your Taylor still not starting? I'll ask you point blank. Why is the offense such a struggle right now? Because there's a bunch of reasons. Like, there's a bunch of things that have happened. Like, you've seen drops, you've seen fumbles, you've seen, you know, the blocking issues, you've seen sacks giving up. Like, you've seen a lot of stuff. But, like, is there anything that you can, like, a thread you can pull through all of it? No, you can't. Obviously, being devoid of a run game. Doesn't help your offense out at all. If I'm Justin Herbert, who's the one guy on the field right now that I'm relying on more than anybody, it's Keenan Allen. But defenses know that too. So they'll do whatever they can to try to take him out of the game. I have liked that over the past two weeks, even though it hasn't been as much as I would like, that... Kellen Moore is starting to call Gerald Everett and Donald Parham's number a little bit more, getting them free in between the 20s. That's happened sparingly, but I don't know, Tim. I really can't put my finger on it. From a standpoint of what you're able to do in Detroit and then to have just an absolute nosedive of a combination of drops, self-inflicted... You know, self-inflicted mistakes to yourself. Your offense just not being able to go. Obviously, your offensive line extremely inconsistent. Your running game not being there. And we're talking about outside of Baltimore and, I mean, Green Bay at the time. But teams that that we probably would have considered were not better than any of those teams. And you still couldn't get it done even in the rain against New England and move the ball and get one into the end zone one. Remember when the chargers were really good in the red zone earlier this year, that's, that has kind of been a misnomer these past three weeks. You really don't even think about that. So how do you expect to make a playoff run? If you can't put anything in the end zone, you're not wrong. And I think that's, what's made this, Win again, it's a win, but it's been like so perplexing. Is because you know it's hard to feel great as a fan after a six nothing win when you're trying to go on a run, and that's the one that maybe can spark it. Like, you could talk yourself into it, sure. Like, could it happen, sure? But, like, is it likely? I think everyone would say, obviously, not, but they at least got there, like, they got the win, they now have the opportunity. To play another game that matters, which that's what I see this Broncos game as. Looking forward, they they gave themselves the opportunity. Every game matters. (laughs) No, but that's what I'm saying is, but if you lose one, the next one doesn't matter. So by winning, you gave yourself an opportunity to play another meaningful game. One game at a time. Again, we'll see. Like, can they go six straight? Unlikely. Possible? Sure. We'll see. Anything else, Jake? I mean, we talked about Cameron Dicker, who now, by the way, Jake, I think among any kicker in their first two years in the NFL since 1970, I believe, minimum 25 snaps or 25 kicks, best kicking percentage in NFL history. Hats off to Ryan Ficken. You don't have him yesterday, you probably don't win that game. If if all the other results were the same. Darius Davis three punt returns 55 yards total a good 18.3 yards per return that's epic fantastic like, juke move by him that forced the punter to actually run into his, his <laughs> own 30. teammate on the return yep we talked about jk scott 62 yard long kick seven inside the 20 Jack, gave for an you... average of go on for an average of 46 45.9 yards per punt and honestly, that was probably what won you the game. If they that didn't have those inside those, of 20. Oh, yeah, that gave you those Mike Cypress vibes back when mm. he was a weapon for the Chargers. But think about a couple of those drives the Patriots had where if they didn't start on the 10, let's say they started on the 30, 40, they're kicking field goals. But that field position wasn't in that game. So J.K. Scott was, in my opinion, kind of the MVP of that game. Anything else, Jake, before we get out of here? I guess I'll take it. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. That that's my closing sentence for the for this week. Jake has taken it, pulled teeth and all. Uh, Chargers get to five and seven. They break the three game losing streak. Uh, hopes are somewhat alive. The light is com- not completely burnt out, but still a long way to go. Again, they have an opportunity to play a meaningful game on Sunday. Hope Chargers fans show out. I believe Antonio Gates is going to have his celebration for the Hall of Fame team-wise on Sunday, I think. Uh, but until then, congrats to the W, Jake. Victory Monday. Doesn't does seem like, does see like a victory to you. <laughs> you just feel numb. You look numb. You're muted. So sorry. Where you'd want to say, like, hey, yeah, you know, Victory Monday, let's, you know, brisket Monday, all that time. This feels like you know, three-day-old leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> three-day-old leftover Monday. So excited. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, for Jake after Dan Wolkenstein, Chargers Unleashed and LA Football Network. This has been fun. Chargers win. Go up against the Broncos. We'll see what happens. But until then, take it easy. We'll talk to you next time on the next Chargers Unleashed.